Hey guys, it's just Taggy, and today's topic is we are neglecting our parents that have children with IEPs. Since we've been out of school, you know, because of the coronavirus, I have been privy to a lot of different conversations. Um, I'm very involved in my community, my district, and my specific group, and also the school and everyone else's needs at the same time, right? So I don't want to put myself in one category, but I am passionate about what I do, my activism. But I also am aware of everyone else's um, situations. But I want to speak directly to the people that are dealing with IEPs, especially the parents. And I think that it's important that we acknowledge these things. Oftentimes we are overlooked. And one of the biggest issues that um, a lot of parents are experiencing right now is behavioral issues. A lot of parents are having a difficult time with children with behavioral issues. And I don't want to only speak for the autism community, but children with IEPs, to be specific. And when I say behavior, meaning, you know, meltdowns, tantrums, um, difficult time focusing. There's a lot of different things that go into the behavior category, but it is a really, really rough time for parents. And so one of the conversations that I was privy to, which we have often during the month, um, is a group, my group in particular. And the funny thing is, I don't know all the parents, right? So I listen in and I chime in and You know, I'm always a part of any type of discussion pertaining to the autism community. But what was um, unanimous was children and parents not being able to connect because a lot of the parents were unable to even reach a level where their kid and them could communicate. And so you have to understand what I'm saying. A lot of us have not, or I would say have, seen growth in our children when it comes to behavior issues. And I think early on in pre-K, one and two, you experience a lot of things. But as the kids grow up and they have a routine, you see that um, the behavior starts to subside. And the more social interaction, the easier it is for you and your kid. But school plays a really, really um, imperative part to our child's growth and also for adults, right? Because for me, prior to school, you know, it was just me. I was having a really difficult time. um, And at times I felt like I didn't know if I could handle it, you know? So school gave me that, that relief and it also gave me the tools and it also helped my son with routine and it helped me. So, you know, it's a gradual situation. But that's that's what it's there for. That's why you have the professionals to help you get through that. And a lot of parents are saying that they have no idea who their kid is. So you got to understand this is elementary school. And so when you haven't dealt with so many um, behavior issues in so, in so long, you forget where you came from. You forget about where your kid used to be. And when you're experiencing, especially right now with remote learning, um, I think it can do it, um, or it can, it can really make a parent feel like crap because we are not equipped with all the tools. And, and I think that right now in this crisis, we are uh, made aware of how far 
our children have come and how important the school system is. And I think right now we're having a relapse because we feel like we cannot help our kids. Um, We feel like we cannot connect with our kids. And I think also it's a bit of like shame because you really believe that your child has have elevated so much and now you feel like a failure because you can't reach them, right? So that's a really big issue happening right now, especially with the autism community. And it's also happening in the IEP community with um, children that have, um, what do you call it, like OT. Um, so a lot of kids that are suffering from like low muscle tone um, and other disabilities, they're not being able to move their body. They're not being able to stretch and get all the services that they need, physical services. And they're suffering, which means their body is suffering, which means their parents are suffering. So, you know, it's um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I think that for parents, it's a hard pill to swallow. And in the state of New York, uh, teachers are not mandated to... Um, teach live or have live interactions. Only the therapy sessions are. So you got to think about that. You got to think about your kid is so used to a particular routine and then all of a sudden it's gone. You also got to think about um, right now electronics are everything. And like I've spoken in my uh, prior um, episode, I talked about how electronics used to be more of a luxury or, um, you know, a place where... I would give it to them as a reward or weekend, you know, activities. But it wasn't something that we did constantly. It was it was under an hour, you know, and the most was an hour, depending on how great, you know, our week was. So right now, electronics is a, a normal thing, and our kids are um, that we're no longer to control. We no longer have the ability to control them in a sense of rewarding them with electronics. Now, electronics is our norm. And so therefore, parents don't have an outlet. You know, you give your kid that outlet, you give it to them when you want to cook, you give it to them when you want to do this. And so, you know, that's another thing. And then also how much time they spend on electronics, you know, trying to take it away from them, trying to, um, you know, teach them that right now is learning time and now you can have it. And so because our kids are not even going to go outside, now they're on it all the time. And you know, that's just part of what it is. And um, I was listening to, um, gosh, what is her name? But basically, uh, she talks about, as a doctor, she talks about, you know, right now, just, you know, be in the moment with your kids and don't worry about electronics. Don't worry about this. Just let them be. And it sounds ideal, but you're not in my household. But I get what she means. She's saying, like, you know, you can't do anything about it. Don't stress yourself out. And, and you know, I think she has a point. Um, but, again, parents that have children with IEPs, um, we worry about the future. It's all good right now, but we worry about the future. And we worry about bringing it back down and getting that routine back together. So these are things that, you know, I think um, people who are fortunate enough not to deal with IEPs may not realize that, you know, this. some kids have to be consistent and they have to be in a routine. And when they're not, parents, uh, we suffer the most. And now we have to figure out how to fix this. The second thing I want to mention is um, mental health, right? So one in 10 adults 
and children experience mental health challenges. So it's serious, serious enough to affect functioning at work, family, and school life, right? And so imagine this whole quarantine, we're all just stuck in here. Imagine what that's like. I have about two friends. One of, one of my friends, oh, I don't want to say friend, that kind of sound messed up, but I know two people. I can't fix that, right? But I have two people that I know um, that are having a difficult time. And um, one, their kid is very self-conscious and crying. And this is an atypical kid, crying and just um, trying to figure out where he or she fits into this world because they have never been isolated before. You know, trying to figure out the whole friend situation and what it means not to be social. Um, and I know someone else, um, their kid have gone through suicidal moments. And and these particular conversations are with atypical kids. So imagine how hard that is for the parents that are dealing with atypical kids. Now let's think about the children or the parents that are dealing with children with IEPs, right? So let's think about this. Let's think about... Um, how our life just stopped, right? Let's think about now whatever issues that we were dealing with prior to the coronavirus. Um, we no longer have that outlet. You cannot just drop your kid off at school and go for a walk, go for a run, go see a therapist, um, get on the phone. Whatever your coping is, you, you're not able to just up and do that anymore because now you're confined to your space with your kid, Right. And and now you're being asked to help your kid along when some of us have not been able to quite uh, figure out how to help our kids. This is why we've been so um, fortunate to have teachers and therapy to help us. Right. So now you're going to think about this parent who has already struggled with mental health and everyone has some form of mental health. And if you don't, God bless you. I mean, you're one of the lucky ones. Um, but. You know, I, as I spoken previous about myself, I had no idea what mental health was. And to be honest with you, it wasn't until I hit a depression when I realized, oh, my gosh, you know. And I, I was one of those people that thought it would never ha- happen to me. So, you know, just be aware that it can affect anyone, you know. Um, it happens to the best of us, and it doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. But um, I want to get back to the topic. These So the parents that are experiencing a lot of things, um, and like I said, I'll use myself as an example. Depression was really hard for me at one time, especially dealing with my child um, before school system, you know, before the school system. I did have 40 hours of therapy, but prior to someone coming and helping me, it was it was devastating. And I had never experienced something like depression in my life. I mean, it was paralyzing to me. And I can't imagine what that's like, um, you know, going back into that space. Like, you know, I have seeked help, professional help, therapy, and things like that. That has really helped me get through my darkest times. Um, but, you know, I have the tools. I, I'm able to speak about it because I've learned a lot about myself. However, it doesn't make me exempt to falling back into that category. So, you know, just thinking about what I was going through at that time and putting that in my space right now. So right now I am stuck in the house. Um, I'm already in a really depressed state. Um, or maybe, you know, I'm, there's triggers, you know, that create this, this space for you. And now I'm back there with my kid that, you know, I'm unable to control or help focus. And so it's all of these things and it really affects people and it affects their children. And so 
I encourage you to always reach out to someone, especially when you don't hear from them, especially when it seems like they're very well put together. Reach out to them, see if they need anything, um, because they have to manage their own personal needs along with their youngsters, right? So we have to tell our kids what's going on in the world. And so if you don't know how, you do your very best. But then if your kid is asking questions about when are we going back to school and what's the coronavirus and this and that, some kids can receive it, some kids cannot process it. You know, if there's struggles in each kid, depending on, you know, whatever you're dealing with. But imagine that and then imagine um, work, not being able to work. So there's so many things that go into this whole mental health and how it it uh, how it affects your functioning, you know. And again, our children that are suff- that that not suffering that have an IEP, um, they're going through their own thing and they're trying to adapt to this as well. And we're we're suffering from whatever we're going through, you know, depression, whatever it is that you're going through in your mental state. You have to marry the two, and I think. What we don't realize is that parents, we have to exist even when we can't show up, right? So we have to exist in that space of being mom or being dad, even when we can't show up, right? It's kind of like if you have a broken leg, right? And you're the only one taking care of your kid. You're going to get those crutches and you got to get down those five flights of stairs to get your kid to school and you got to get back up. You have to show up. And the only thing that's going to do is prolong your healing process. So if you're going up and down those stairs with those crutches, getting your kid to school, when the doctor say you're not supposed to move, you're prolonging your healing. And And for some of us, we're not even able to heal because we can't sit down, right? So that's something to take into consideration. And my my third is environmental stress. We live in New York City. Um, We live on top of each other. That's just the way it is, especially in in the city. That's just the way it is. And it's okay. It It was okay prior to the coronavirus because this is the life we chose. But when you're confined to a particular area for a really long time, it's not safe heaven are haven here anymore, right? Because now, um, now everything is a nuisance. Everything is a nuisance. Um, like right now, my hamster is running around his little spinning wheel. It's a nuisance. Now, prior to the coronavirus, I barely heard my little hamster move the wheel. You know, I'm like, whatever. But, you know, it's things like that. So you have uh, small spaces, you have loud music, you know, people are, are, are dancing and, and make, you know, loud music. And so, the things that probably would never bother you now is more intense. And so now you realize that I'm in this space. I've had many conversations with a lot of people that have been second-guessing their move to New York. And it's just like, why am I here? You know, I come from the suburbs and yada, yada, yada. And, and, and I think that what's happening is that you're putting your life in perspective and trying to figure out how did you get yourself in this space, this this small space and paying so much money. So it's like all these things are happening. Like, cause now you're you're angry, and so now you're you're beating yourself up about your choices in life, right? And then you have people that are dealing with uh, financial um, issues. They don't know like how they're gonna take care of their kids because they got laid off, and you know you have um, shelters, you have 
domestic violence. You have so many different things that can go into environmental stress that can contribute to mental health, right? And just think about that. That Just think about those three combinations and then think about the kid with the IEP. What does that do for the kid that has a parent that's going through all of this, right? And so that's why I say, you know, we are neglecting our parents. We have to do more. We have to give them tools. And I'm a bit disappointed in um, the New York City, um, or I would say the DOE, for not mandating live interactions. You have a lot of children that need some type of normalcy. They need to see their teachers. And don't get me wrong, I'm very fortunate. My teachers have been showing up and showing out, but everyone doesn't have a story like that, you know. Um, they don't have to come and, and see your kid, you know, every day. I'm privy to being able to see my teachers um, every day, and they're available all the time. And, and they call and do special lessons with my kid whenever I, I'm thinking, like, I need an uh, extra hand. Or they're just present, and it feels very normal for us. But there are times where, like, we have Jim, and he is not doing anything in gym. And we have, like, on a remote learning, you'll have, like, a workout or something like that, a little video. I find myself, you know, killing myself trying to do the exercise. And my son is like, okay, I am not doing that. Mm -mm." And, you know, he won't participate. That's not his thing. But it would be nice if the gym teacher was able to do a video, you know. And a live video. You know, I think that videos are nice. But I think a live video where your kid can actually feel like they... They know that the teacher or some type of like connection versus, you know, videos that are on YouTube or whatever it is. So, you know, parents need support during this unpredictable time. So don't assume all is well because no one is complaining. That's when you should check in. okay? because they need us. They need us. Parents need support. They need support so they can be there for their kids, so they can show up for their kids. Because you have to understand the the mental state that, you know, we are all in. And even myself, I find myself, you know, going, I call it the mental funk. But I'm very fortunate to have people in my life that check in on me and I check in on them. And we hold ourselves accountable. We realize this is the moment in time and we go forward. You know, we push each other to let go. You're, you know, you're overthinking it. And to be honest, I had an episode um, last week and I decided to take off two days in school because I found myself just losing it, you know, and not losing it, um, you know, like losing it in the sense of like schoolwork. We were doing, I've been completed every assignment since um, school was let out in March. And it just gets to the point sometimes where you're telling your kid to do something that you told them two weeks ago, and you're trying to understand, what am I missing? What am I missing? And I, I found myself just getting so frustrated. And um, and I said something like, you know, I, I don't know if I can do this right now. And I looked into my little one's eyes, and he, and he said, Mommy, I don't want you to stop trying to help me. And that's when I realized, like, oh, no, we, we got to stop. Um, and that's what I did. I said, you know what? I love you. I said, Mommy doesn't want to do this parent-teacher thing. We're going to take some time off. And after that, I took, well, so it's a total of four days. So we took Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend. Um, and I just, I just wanted to be mom. You know, I was too busy wrapped up in making sure that I teach him that I just wanted to be mom. I was so over it. And, 
you know, when he looked at me, like I'm like thinking about him right now, and he's looking at me, and he's like, you know, I don't want you to stop trying. And he just looked at me just like, like, mommy, don't don't quit on me, you know? And I, I think for me, that's not what I saw. I I was just frustrated, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I we've been through this for, like, the third week. Are you kidding me? Like, you just had it last week, now you forgot, you know? And I, I think I was being hard on myself because I was trying to figure out what did I do wrong? Like, how did I, like, what am I doing? Why isn't he not grasping this? And um, so, yeah, so when he said it to me, that was a reminder. And I'm just trying to be conscious of that all the time instead of trying to get him to complete every assignment. If it's a hard one, that's okay. But I have to be mom first because he needs me to be mom first, right? So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon.